Good morning, everyone. So Jeff says that we have seven chapters, actually 14, and we are going to go through all of them. So expect to be here until lunch. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so Hosea chapter 1. Before we get started, I would ask that you guys take notes as at the end of the service, we're going to ask your takeaway. So if you don't have a notepad right behind or right in front of you, behind each seat, there's a little note, little thing that you could use to take notes. Okay? So with that, let's just jump right on in. Hosea 1.1. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. So Hosea is basically setting the stage for us. He's giving us the background of who's involved during the time period that that uh, Hosea is teaching, which expands from somewhere between 755 BC to either 722 to 710 BC. That's a long period. And um, these are the kings that were around and in, in um, authority. They were the kings during the time of Hosea. The other thing I want to I point out is that Hosea is actually speaking to Israel, not Judah. Okay, so we just want to make sure that we're on the same page there. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about Israel in a little bit. I would like to start with my main point, if you could put it up on the screen. Um, Redemptive love. Jesus paid the ultimate price for our souls. Not only, not only was he beat down to the point that he was unrecognizable, unrecognizable physically, but he also suffered complete separation from the Father spiritually. So my question is, so what is our response for what Christ did for us? And again, think about your takeaway as we go on. Let's go on into verse 2. 2 and 3, it says, When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take yourself... I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> we got little kids in the house, okay? So I don't want to read the ESV version, if you guys have that, so I'm going to improvise a little bit. So let me start over. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go and take yourself an adulterous wife and have children of adultery. For the land commits great adultery for, or by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblam, I think I said that right, and she conceived and bore him a son. So I want you to notice something here is that God's not asking him to do this. This is a command that he needs to go and get himself an adulterous woman and marry her. And what we see is that it's all due to the fact that they were worshiping other gods. So Israel, I'll, I'll say it right now. So there's two kingdoms, Israel, Judah, right? They both had 20 kings on each side. Judah had eight kings that were good. The rest of them were evil. Israel, all 20 were evil. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. And so 
what God is doing with Hosea, he's setting, he's setting the stage. And I look at Hosea as an image or a picture of who God is, right? And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few. When we look at two, Hosea 2, 16 and 17, it'll give us a little bit more of what the culture looked like there. Um, Hosea 2, 16 and 17 should be up on the screen. And in that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband, and no longer will you call me Baal, or call me my Baal. For I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth, and they shall, remember, they shall be remembered by name no more. So, again, this is why God commands Hosea to marry an adulterous woman, because of all the evil that's going on in this nation, right? <clears throat> I want to put up another note, biblical context. Um, judges 2, 16 through 17 says, Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. <clears throat> Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they prostituted themselves after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. So this here in Judges is shortly after Joshua passed away. If you don't know who Joshua is, he's the one that came behind Moses. He was the leader for Israel after Moses died. So we see that even from the very beginning, there's evil going on. They're worshiping other gods. And my question is, what other gods are we worshiping today? Um, I, again, I, I'll say it, but mine's TV. I love movies. I, I can't help it. I love to watch movies. Um, but that, that does take me away from time that I should be spending with the Lord. Um, so I'm just being honest here. So in verse 3, we see, again, like I said, Gomer's an image or a picture of Israel. And we also see that Israel has been committing adultery from day one, right? Hosea 4, Hosea 4 and 5, it says, And the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel, for in just a little while I will punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel. I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. And on that day I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. There's a whole lot going on there, okay? And he's referring back to history. If you want to take a look a little bit closer, you can look at, uh, what is it, 2 Kings verse, or chapters 9 and 10. It'll give you a little bit more in depth there. Uh, you can get a little bit more in depth there. So I have a note there, um, another note. 2 Kings 10, 11 says, So Jehu struck down all who remained of the house of Ahab in Jezreel, all his king men and his close friends and his priests until he left, left him none remaining. So again, I'm just referring back to what Hosea's talking about here. Okay? I'm going to keep going because, like I said, 14 chapters, right? Uh, uh, verse 6 and 7, it says, She conceived again and bore a daughter. And the Lord said to him, Call her name No Mercy, for I will... I will for I will no more have mercy on the house of Israel 
to forgive them at all. But I will have mercy on the house of Judah, and I will save them by the Lord their God. I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. So again, he's distinguishing Israel and Judah. And I want you to take notice of that last verse where it says, I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. So if I'm a captain of an army, I'm thinking, well, then you're basically saying you're not going to help me, right? But I believe that what he's talking about is spiritually here. That's how he's going to save them. Right? I mean, he's telling them, he's named everything else that you could do. So that's, what, that's my takeaway there. Uh, keep going. Verse 8 and 9, it says, when she, was, when she had weaned no mercy, she conceived and bore a son. And the Lord said, call his name, not my people, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Again, I already talked to you about the two different kingdoms, how many were good and how many were bad. Um, again, all of Israel was evil. But I want you to notice something in those verses that we just read. Notice that in verse 3, he says, She conceived and bore him a son, whereas in verses 6 and 7 says, She conceived and bore him no, it doesn't say him, it says, and bore a son or a daughter. Why the difference? Why bore him compared to bore a daughter and a son? So <clears throat> I believe that what happens here is that uh, Gomer decides to go off and do her thing again. Okay? Those aren't his kids. Um, so you see this woman who's just, man, just blowing it, right? He's just blowing it, or she is. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and um, I said something to the effect in these verses. I said, man, <laughs> I couldn't do what Hosea does. I could not do that. And her response to me was because she was in a place where she was being accused of adultery, right? And so she was at, the, at a low level. She was hurting. And so when she heard me say that, I hurt her, right? And she came back and told me later, and I said, listen, I say I can't do what Hosea does. But God through me can, right? And that's what's happening here. Hosea is a man of God, and he's doing it because he's following God. He's, he's following his commands. He's doing what he's being called to do. Let's move on, because I want to spend a little I want to spend more time in, in chapter 3. Verse 10, Yet the number of the children of Israel uh, be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. Numbered, And in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, it shall be said to them, children of the living God, and the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall, shall be gathered together, and they shall appoint themselves one head, and they shall go up from the land, for great shall be the day of Israel, or Jezreel. And um, we quoted Hosea 2, 16 and 17 earlier. Chapter 2, 
Part two. This one's going to be real short. So what we see in chapter two is basically Israel's unfaithfulness to God. Good? We're good? Ready to go to chapter three? We'll go to chapter three. <laughs> Hosea chapter three, starting with verse one. And the Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes and raisins. So I bought, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a, I don't know what that word is, lethek of barley. So let's just say barley. So, again, we see this picture of Hosea, this picture of God through Hosea, where he goes and purchases the adulterer, right? Gomer. And so we see that, just like Homer did with Gomer, that's a tongue twister, um, (laughs) Jesus did the same thing with us, where he purchased us, he redeemed us, right? I'm going to go on and I'm going to come back. I want to put another note up real quick. It says, um, we see God's, I'm going to get emotional here because it, it just means so much to me. We see God's ridiculous, redemptive love for his people, even though they had turned to other gods. Just as Hosea paid the price for Gomer in verse 2, so did Christ pay a price for us. I get emotional because I'm so thankful for what Christ did for me. Now, I don't know if you guys are, if there's unbelievers here, if you're a baby Christian or if you've been following Christ for a long time. The fact or or what Christ did for us on that cross should bring us to our knees in gratitude. Should bring us to a place where we say, you know what, Lord? I'll go marry an an, an adulterous woman if that's what you want me to do. I will go do this. I will go do that. I used to be scared when I was a baby Christian that he would call me to Africa to go do missionary work. I didn't want to go to Africa to do missionary work. Um, So I was scared of that. But today, I'm much further. Whatever he calls me to do, I'm going to do. And so we have to recognize that Jesus paid that price so that we can have eternity with him Jesus was beat down so bad that he was unrecognizable, as I said earlier. You couldn't even tell he was a man. But he, was, but he did it. He did it so that we could have eternity with him. But the story doesn't end there. Jesus died and conquered death. Just like we get to conquer death when that time comes. The Bible talks about to be, I forgot how how it goes, but um, 
To, I forgot how it goes. But to die, it would be when we die, we're in the presence of the Lord. Okay, I'm paraphrasing. That's my paraphrase. Um, we have to understand what he did for us. It should bring us to our knees. We get to spend eternity with the, our creator, with God who created everything. He loves us so much that he sent his only son to die. Romans 5.8 says, But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, he did this. It's amazing to me. Put another note up there. It says, regardless of your past, God redeemed us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we would become his bride. Man, that's heavy. You know, I, I, and I've probably said it here before. I, actually, I did because I remember talking to you. Um, thank God I'm not God, right? Because I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done what God did. So thank God that I'm not. But God sent his son to die for us so that we would become his bride. Hosea 3.3 says, And I said to her, You must dwell in mine for many days. You shall not play the adulterer or belong to another man, so I will, will also be to you. And it reminded me of John 15.4 when he says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Church, that word abide means to cling to, to hold on to, never let go. And I think sometimes we let situations in our lives get in the way and we let go. And we let go. So we need to cling on to Jesus. But here's what I love even more, the fact that we have to abide in him. But that he will abide in us. I mean, could you imagine you walking around and feeling Jesus holding on to your shirt as you walk around? Because he's with you 24-7. Do you guys get that? How powerful that statement is? That he will abide in us. But there's a condition that we need to abide in him first, right? Again, I don't know where you guys stand. If you guys are believers already, hang on, man. Hang on to Jesus with all your might and never let go. If you're not a believer, I'd love to talk to you afterwards. Come see me. I'll be in the back. I'd love to talk to you. <clears throat> Where did I leave off? Okay. Hosea uh, 4 through 9, or chapter 3, 4 through 5, I mean. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or epod and household gods. Afterwards, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord with their, seek the Lord their God, and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord, 
and his goodness in the latter days. I just love how this finishes. Um, For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without the king and the prince, without the ephod, but afterwards the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God. Are you making that a priority in your life every day to seek him? Are you seeking him out? Are you looking to know more about him? Are you looking to draw closer to him? He's not playing, he's not playing hide and seek, you guys. He's there. We just have to reach out and look for him. So my question is, are you doing that? Then I want to go back, and I want to spend maybe a couple minutes, a minute or two, if you guys just want to write this down. But my question I said earlier was, so what's our response for what he did for us? What's your takeaway? What's your takeaway from this message? And again, it's not my message. I'm just, I, I'm just teaching it. Um, but what's your takeaway? God redeemed us. Listen, not only do we ask him into our lives. Not only do we pursue him, but you have to understand that there's another part. When we're redeemed, we're being bought, right? But now there's our part. What's your part, church? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? What are you doing for the Lord? He purchased you. He purchased us. So if you will, just spend like... I don't know, a minute or two, and just think about what you would do for him. Think about what's your, what's your takeaway. What do you get out of this message? This book of Hosea is a beautiful book, man. Just love how God, I just, I just called it, this is the ridiculous, redemptive love of Christ. So just spend about a minute or two, and then I'll come back up and finish. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for redeeming us. Lord, my prayer, our prayer, is that we would not leave here today without pressing into you a little bit more. What would you have for us today, Lord? Call us to do your will, and help us not to be part-timers, Lord. But as Jeff always says, Lord, we should be waking up every morning and thinking about you. What can I do for you today? Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for our leadership. I thank you for the people here. I thank you for giving me love in my heart for them. Lord, and I I pray that you would do a mighty work through this church for your glory and your kingdom, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. So, yeah, go ahead. Amen. All right, so uh, just as Pastor Matty said, would you turn to somebody near you and just take a minute and would you share what does it take away for you what is something, and this is just one way where we get to talk about the gospel, talk about the word a little more. Now, I'll just, I'll give you mine as a primer. And when I hear those words, 
of God tell Hosea to go back and buy Gomer out of her slavery. And he says, come back and live with me as a bride and no longer as what you were. I always just think about that. And, and in my life, how God bought me out of who I was and how God has brought me into his family and how, that, how I can live that out and how I can respond to who God has made me in Christ. And so would you just turn and just ask one of another, like, what is your takeaway? What's your one takeaway today? And then we will get into communion.